One, two, three, four. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms cannot believe they made it through 2018. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two sons, Jay, he's three, and Kenny, he's four months. And I have three kids, an eight, a nine-year-old named Tony and... <laughs> twins named Libby and Nate who by the time you are listening to this will be six I think wow yeah (laughs) it's crazy how they keep growing but they're so adorable right they are so adorable yeah so we like to um tell a quick little story about how cute our children are or sometimes how awful they are (laughs) because in addition to being pop culture consumers we're moms too do you want to go Sure, sure. Uh, Mine is actually screen time related this time around. Okay. So Kenny, bless his little four-month-old heart, is not sleeping. So I've been getting up, you know, three times a night with him, which has been super Mm -hmm. fun. And was it yesterday or the day before? I'm honestly not sure because the days just blur together. Uh, It was the crack of dawn and like I had just fed Kenny and put him back down at like five o'clock and Jay woke up (laughs) and was saying that he was ready to be awake and he wanted to eat breakfast and blah 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 Kevin was on his way out the door to work and he said you know what I'll just give Jay some breakfast and turn on the TV and you can relax for a little while and I really did not want to do that so of course I got up and I was like not my full faculties weren't there but I was like I don't want to turn on the tv yet and give Jay screen time first thing in the morning I'm pretty strict about that on school days so I gave him the ipad (laughs) and I just opened up like a whatever the ipad equivalent of a word document is yeah and let him go to town on the emojis oh that's a good idea and that like occupied him for at least a half an hour <laughs> that's a good compromise so it, I thought of it as like screen time light totally it's interactive <laughs> not violent content that's good <laughs> so how about you what have your kids been up to well it's still the holiday season and so we've been lighting um candles we usually don't like candles I'm not a big candle person but around the holidays we have them so first of all I taught Tony how to light matches Ooh, that's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) and that's very thrilling for him he has explicit instructions not to ever play with matches (laughs) and um Libby has been calling the candle flames fire lights Oh, like, like in the Christmas can I, song. Yeah, can I blow out those fire lights tonight? It's oh. cute. <laughs> that is very sweet. <laughs> yeah. So back to screen time. Uh, we are going to discuss screen time in the news. And today we're discussing an article in the Daily Mail, a UK publication, is about a restaurant in the UK called Frankie and Benny's that is offering free kids meals 
for a limited number of dates if parents are willing to give up their phones at dinner time. So if your family goes into this restaurant, they give you a shoebox sized box, your phones go into it, and then they have like activities for you to do while you wait for your dinner. And I was interested in this article because it seems like usually you hear criticism about kids using screens when it's not appropriate, but this is about parents. Yeah. One time, and I was interested in it because Jeremy and I talk about this pretty often. One time, this was like one or two years ago, we went to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. We don't let our kids have screens unless Jeremy is taking them to Buffalo Wild Wings and then they play trivia. (laughs) I do not participate in (laughs) B-Dub3 outings because I hate that restaurant. Um, This family of four sat down next to us. It was a mom, a dad, and two like teenage kids. And one of them had a phone. One of them had a book. One of them had a Kindle. And one of them had like maybe an iPad or something. So everybody had something to look at. They like ordered their food from the server and then they all just read or played or watched and they did not interact with one another at all. It was such a downer to watch. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have vowed never to be that family. So mm-hmm. for us, like we don't use our phones at dinner. It's kind of a no-brainer, but is it really such a problem that a restaurant has to offer free kids meals? Yeah, I have to say, I don't know that I've ever seen this. I don't know that I've ever seen the adults being the ones at the table that are lost in their phones. No, and maybe this is a cultural difference between the United States and the United Kingdom. I don't know. I want to know a little bit more about this restaurant. Yeah. And what their diner's behavior usually looks like. I just, I mean, if you could see the look on my face, I'm just flabbergasted. (laughs) Yeah, and it was in response to, there was like this national survey. I have no idea if it was a legitimate survey, if it was like a CNN opinion type clickbait survey, but something like 27% of kids were... um, disappointed in how much their parents used their phones and they wanted their parents to pay attention to them instead of their phones. It was so sad. It was really sad, but I wonder how much of that, if it was a legitimate poll, was actually measuring kids' frustration that their parents wouldn't give them their phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because my that would score high. My kids would score high on that. Yeah. So weird. And I wonder what would happen if you walked into that restaurant and you were like, well, here are the grown-ups' phones, but the kid's going to keep watching his cartoons. Like, (laughs) would you still get your free meal? (laughs) I doubt it. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So do we have any other follow-up from our last episode? Have you watched any more holiday programming? Um, Home Alone. That's a family favorite here. And we are recording the Grinch that's still Christmas, the original mm-hmm. one, because it's Nate has requested watching it. Have yet to watch it, though. We watched a really cute Netflix short movie called, oh gosh, I'm going to flub the title. I think it was Angela's Christmas. Okay. And it was just a little cartoon about an Irish girl who thinks that the baby Jesus in the crash is cold because he doesn't have any blankets 
and it was really very heartwarming. If you ask Jay, he'll say that he hated it, but I thought it was very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But today, we are no longer talking about holiday programming. We are moving on to bigger and better. No, not really. Just different things. (laughs) Today's topic is the Cartoon Network's Unikitty which apparently comes with an exclamation point at the end. I don't know if you could tell from the tone of my voice. (laughs) (laughs) So Unikitty premiered in January of this past year, 2018. And it's based on a character from the Lego movie who is like a little kid's Lego kitty that is also a unicorn, (laughs) hence Unikitty. Um... And so she got her own show just this past year. And apparently Unikitty is a princess and she rules over this land called the Unikingdom. It never really came up in any of the episodes that we watched. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she lives with her brother, Puppycorn, who is a dog slash unicorn. Like Unikitty is a cat slash unicorn. But they're brother and sister, so... Maybe they're half brother and sister and they share like one unicorn parent. I don't know. I don't know. I liked that aspect of it because I'm white. My brother is adopted. He uh, was born in Korea. And so we do not look at all alike. So I always love it when there are families that don't look like each other portrayed in the media. Even if it's a brother and sister Unikitty and Puppycorn. <laughs> I appreciate I it and I feel represented. Oh, never feel seen. That's great. You're off to a great start, <laughs> Unikitty. <laughs> so Unikitty lives with her brother Puppycorn and their friends Dr. Fox and Hawkadile. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> and their babysitter. Regent, I don't know, this little one by three Lego brick named Richard, who is the resident party pooper. That's pretty much it for a summary. (laughs) Uh, And they live together in the castle and have adventures. We picked it because I think it's pretty safe to say our kids are Lego fans. Would you describe all three of your kids as Lego fans? They all love Legos. They love all Lego movies. Mm -hmm. Like they've seen the Lego movie a bunch of times. We have the sheet music to Everything is Awesome. Tony loves to play that on the piano. Uh, we get Lego magazine in the mail. They love to read that. Wow. I did not even yeah. know that that existed. You do love it's, magazines. That's a deep cut. Lego it's magazine. It's basically advertising for Lego masquerading as a magazine. Um, and they love Lego Batman. I really liked the end of the Lego movie mm-hmm. when – Unikitty, who is, I think, built out of Duplos, okay, comes on and is like sort of sweet looking, but you can also see that she's going to just terrorize the Lego universe. (laughs) So it seemed like an obvious thing to watch. Yes, definitely. Um, And we have watched some other Lego properties in the past, although as we'll get into, this is a little bit different. So there's only been the one season. We started with season one, episode one, spooky game, and moved on to episode 14, pet pet, and finished up with episode 30 or 31, it was kind of hard to tell numerically, called Brawl Bot. So as usual, we will start by going through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, 
Okay, so in episode one, spooky game, there is basically no origin story. You're just plopped right into Unikitty world. Mm -hmm. And she and Puppycorn happen upon a carnival booth where this like ghoul offers them a free board game with a very sinister premise. They can play it, but only one winner gets to leave the game. And Unikitty just kind of ignores that and takes it because it's free, which (laughs) is what all of us would do, (laughs) right? To be honest. And they play the game. It threatens to put a curse upon everybody's soul except for the winner. Um, And then Unikitty quote-unquote wins the game because... She does get to the end and she is going to win, but then she chooses like not to play and she wants everybody to be a winner. And the ghoul is, um, doesn't get to trap everybody in the game for all of eternity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this particular plot was not my favorite, but I did really enjoy the show. Awesome. Yeah. I think if it had started with a, different episode I would have liked it even more but I was it I just wanted a little bit of background to go on yeah because it's true. like an over caffeinated show like the dialogue is really fast the frames per second is super fast Unikitty and the other characters do this thing where they they have like a normal face and then for like a frame it'll go into like a rage face or like a super happy face and I just found it to be honestly a little hard to keep up with (laughs) it was it's definitely very jarring visually that's for sure Mm -hmm. um but plot wise I have to disagree with you because I love the hyper competitive siblings angle of this okay episode because the whole thing was just like they were being presented again and again with imminent peril which they just ignored because they were so obsessed about beating one another. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what that says about me that I really found that entertaining, but (laughs) I thought it was a great premise for a plot. And if anything, I liked the setup better than the execution. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a little bit of a scary concept for a first episode. And what's the rating on this? Is it over seven? Oh, Seven plus? I think, I think that's what Common Sense Media said. Yeah, um, because at one point in the game, Hawkadile finds like a jail cell full of these characters who didn't make it out of the game, <laughs> and that was really scary. It was like, I mean, definitely uh, standing for hell, right? Yeah, well, or it was like a, spooky, at least. like a spooky freak show in a carnival, right? Yeah, but they're damned there for like all eternity. Unless they are damned in the previous phase in which they got trapped in a corn maze and are turned into ears of corn. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to move on to episode 14? Okay, pet pet. Unikitty, puppy corn, hawkadile, and... Dr. Fox find this little yellow kind of marshmallowy looking creature 
and they think it's so adorable. They want to adopt it and take it home. But Richard, the party pooper, is like, every time you bring a pet home, horrible things happen. And they stop short of saying that Unikitty kills all the pets. But, I mean, that's the obvious implication. Uh, So he says that if they can take care of this little blob thing that they eventually named Pet Pet, then they can keep it. But if if they fail, they can never have another pet again. So the stakes are really high. They get Pet Pet home. Pet Pet is adorable to them, but they very quickly lose Pet Pet. (laughs) And they don't want to admit it to Richard because they don't want to never be allowed to have another pet. So Unikitty dresses up like Pet Pet and goes through the motions of being trained uh, in order to fool Richard into thinking Pet Pet is still there until... They get to the point where Richard insists that they have Pet Pet fixed, at which point Unikitty reveals the charade. Richard reveals that he knew it was Unikitty all along and that, in fact, Pet Pet is not an actual pet. It's just like a little toy that comes for free with a bag of pet food at the pet store, Mm -hmm. uh, which everyone promptly ignores and celebrates the fact that they can have a pet even though it's not a real pet <laughs> the end that's good that's good <laughs> so what did you think of pet pet I thought it was so funny <laughs> I loved it I thought it was hilarious I, Richard has this like droll monotone way of talking you um imitated it very well at the beginning of your summary <laughs> it was so funny and then pet pet just like parrots back everything that they say Mm -hmm. which is also really funny and pet pet is a really cute little creature i thought that was funny i thought unikitty's disguise was hilarious they take like basically a pillowcase and cut out eyes (laughs) (laughs) and she doesn't look anything like pet pet Uh -uh. but they think they're really pulling one over on richard I loved all of the training scenes when they were training Unikitty as Pet Pet. And Unikitty was working so hard inside her little pillow. So she was surrounded by pillow fluff and you could just see her sweating it out. It was great. Yes. Um, but again, those really quick emotion cuts to like emotional faces of the characters, like mm-hmm. they would look at Pet Pet or it would cut to Pet Pet and Pet Pet would do something and then it would show all their faces and they all had like heart eyes for a moment or like those really big emotion eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain them, but you know, when they make the pupils really huge and like anime eyes, kind yeah, of, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even wonder if there's a um, merchandise tie-in. Like, I would love a pet pet. Just draw some eyes on a gumdrop. (laughs) It would be a perfect stacking stuffer. But I want one that's going to copy my voice. (laughs) You also don't really want to have to buy a real pet. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. And it has an on-off switch on the back. That's true. Which Richard points out at the end. (laughs) Um, I think this is a good funny retread of a premise that I'm sure we've all seen before in kids media the whole like oh you have to learn to be responsible if you want a pet thing it's not uncommonly seen but this was a really I thought fun and funny take on it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this one almost 
This one did make me wonder who is the intended audience? Because the very end when Richard is like explaining and they're like not listening that pet pet is a toy and he's like, everybody can have a pet pet. That's just such a parenting moment. I really <laughs> identified with that. And I don't, I think that would just not even resonate with kids. I felt like I was the audience for this. Yeah. Well, and this is coming from the Cartoon Network, which historically does have more content that's geared towards grownups. So that is an interesting thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to move on to Brawlbot? (laughs) Yes. Brawlbot. So Dr. Fox invented Decimator, which is the greatest fighter robot and is going to enter Decimator into like a world wrestling championship between robots. And Brawlbot, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Hawkadile wants to get Dr. Fox's attention and tell Dr. Fox something very important. And instead of just talking to Dr. Fox, Unikitty encourages Hawkadile to dress up as Brawlbot. And then Brawlbot faces off with Decimator. Decimator is basically going to kill Hawkadile. So Hawkadile has to reveal that he's just wearing a robot costume and he can't actually compete in this robot competition. <laughs> and like they even state at the end that honesty wins and he should have just talked to Dr. Fox in the first place. If I were these other competitors in this big robot competition, I would be so mad because Brawlbot takes out all of these other robots along the way to like get to his match against the decimator. Mm -hmm. I would be like, why did I get to, how is it legal that I was taken out of competition by someone that wasn't even a robot? Like, I want a do-over. Oh, no, I can't have a do-over. My robot has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. I was angry on their behalf. What did you think of that little bunny? <laughs> um, the little bunny, that it was like a sweet, adorable bunny robot. But then it, its head pops off and, like, all of these saws come out. <laughs> and I had, like, laser eyes that could kill another robot. It was crazy. It reminded me quite a bit of the microbot from Big Hero 6. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How it's got, like, the smiley face and then it turns around and it's the evil face. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was by far my least favorite of the three. It was very violent. Robot violence, but super violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was some funny dialogue. Like, they were talking about what to name Hawkadile's robot alter ego. Somebody was like, more like Brawl Not. <laughs> You want to program your robots to be able to give out sick burns. And then there was this little wheelie robot that would come out every time it happened and be like, sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> On the surface, the show is very pink and sort of, I wrote bubblegummy. That is a word that I have never spelled before. 
it's pink and bubblegummy, sort of like My Little Pony. But again, going back to your point about who is this for, like, is it winkingly pink and sunny and bubblegummy? Is it mockingly so? Or is it supposed to be earnest? Like, how are we supposed to be enjoying this? And who is supposed to be enjoying it? I guess those are two different questions. Yeah, I noticed um, when doing holiday shopping that Unikitty Lego sets are being marketed hardcore at places like Target. Mm -hmm. And they're next to like Lego Friends, which are like the quote unquote girl Legos. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this show is just for girls. Mm -mm. I think it's I think it could be enjoyed by anybody. Um, It's not princessy yet all Mm -mm. it's like funny violent it 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 just seems like there's a big difference between who the toys are marketed to which would seem to be like little girls and Mm -hmm. then the actual audience of the show I don't think I'm not sure that like a four-year-old girl would really get it yeah at, at the same time like I hate to give them too much credit by saying this and I don't mean it in the way that I might mean it in a different context, but I do think there are different levels. Like I think the super bright color scheme and the super frenetic pacing, I Mm -hmm. feel like that can be attractive to a younger audience to the exclusion of the plot. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know that the plot would matter all that much. Whereas for me, those were the elements that I really did not care for at all like I I felt visually assaulted (laughs) by the brightness of the colors and the quickness of the cuts Mm -hmm. I kind of hate those momentary facial expressions where all of a sudden they take like the Unikitty's face is just a block right then all of a sudden they take it and put like almost this too photorealistic touch to it like the wrinkles in her chin when she's crying all of a sudden the it just I I don't like it for some reason it feels a little Ren and Stimpy to me in that sense oh totally that was definitely a comparison I made yeah yeah very influenced by Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> Stimpy for sure which is weird because I look back on Ren and Stimpy and I remember liking it but this, for some reason, just, oh, the visuals of it were not sitting well with me, which I thought was a shame because I did, at least with Spooky Game and Pet Pet, pretty genuinely enjoy the plots. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the plots as well. I wonder if, so a younger audience probably identifies with those really intense and fast-moving emotional changes. Mm-hmm. So you've got a preschooler. Oh, they can point. go from like chill and happy to like filled with rage and back in like two minutes. Oh, that's a really good point. You know what? Just talking this over with you, it makes me think, you know how we've talked about how there are preschool shows that are like aspirational and they show mm-hmm kids like how we want them to be like Daniel Tiger and whatnot and then they're Mm -hmm. like your horrid Henry's that just show them being awful maybe Uh this is like legitimately the middle ground I think you could be right Hmm. yeah (laughs) maybe I'm giving Unikitty too little credit 
Um, speaking of the animation, I actually had the opposite reaction. I really liked it. It reminded me of cartoons from my youth mm-hmm. where like if a character's running, the background screen is just like wavy lines, <laughs> which is how animation was done like in the 80s before CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked it. And like the corn children of the corn scene like the <laughs> corn background was like clearly drawn much differently than the characters were drawn mm-hmm. and it was like a prop background more like a theater type background uh-huh. so i i really liked it i and i liked the i identify with the rage moments like <laughs> now i'm fine <laughs> oh no I mean I definitely identify with those moments as well <laughs> perhaps just as much as a preschooler would um did you find it odd or did you mind at all that it didn't look particularly Lego-y no because I think I think of Unikitty as a Duplo okay but I mean it didn't and I it did not look Lego-y like the Lego movies at all right no it's totally different but I think they're just made of Duplos um, except for Richard, he's clearly a Lego. Yeah, that's true. I also liked how that animation seemed like very achievable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not an artist. I don't draw very well, but I feel like I could approximate these characters. It was very, um, you know, they animated what they needed when they needed it. Like Unikitty mm-hmm. and Puppycorn didn't always have arms, except when like they needed to do something with their arms. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Um, Did you have any thoughts on the voice cast? I thought they were great. Um, I looked up who the actors were. So Grey Delisle has been in tons of shows that we watched. Her IMDb profile now calls her Grey Griffin. Mm -hmm. So she plays Puppycorn. Oh, (laughs) and she was in the one I always remember her from is Bolt. But she was in something else that we watched too, right? Mm-hmm. A few things that we've watched, I didn't look them up. Um, Dr. Fox is Kate Micucci, and she is like the tiny little woman who plays half of Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah, she was uh, Webby in the new DuckTales. Yeah, she has a lot of uh, voice actor credits on her IMTV. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest seemed to be voice actors that I didn't really know, but I liked them a lot. I really liked whoever played um Hawkadile mm-hmm. thought he was great yeah I thought they did a great job of choosing uh voices that really described the character very well mm-hmm. uh Richard was of course my favorite because I love a good stick in the mud right that's, uh, <laughs> that's my jam right there <laughs> did you notice anything having to do with the music I didn't really notice I was too busy I being thought, punched in the eyeballs by all the colors. Yeah, I thought the music was fine. There was one scene in Spooky Game where there was like a spooky piano lick. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the beginning of like a 90s rock anthem. Like <laughs> felt like the beginning of November Rain sort of. It wasn't exactly <laughs> that tune, but... I think whoever created this show must be like my same exact age watched all the same shows yeah. when they were growing up because I um, there were a lot of moments for me to enjoy. 
And that's probably accurate at this point. Like the people who are in charge of these shows probably are right about our age range. Mm -hmm. Did you compare it to any adult TV show or movie? Okay. (laughs) Speaking of 90s. Okay. I thought that the characters pretty well corresponded to the characters in Friends. Okay. So Mr. Fox is Monica. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Fox's Monica, Hawkeye's Chandler, um, Richard is Ross, obviously. <laughs> Puppycorn is Joey. Okay. Unikitty is Phoebe. Okay. So there's no Rachel? No. Okay. Well, she was pretty expendable anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. <laughs> How about you? I almost think we are kind of on the same page because specifically the plot I was thinking about spooky game spooky game sorry Mm -hmm. uh and it could have been the plot to an episode of will and grace so that was the place I immediately went because it was often a plot point that grace was hyper competitive in their game nights yes and unikitty and puppycorn were certainly hyper competitive uh Brawlbot, just plot-wise, also reminded me of a favorite movie of mine. Not really a grown-up movie, but uh, the Hugh Jackman gem, Real Steel, if you've not seen it. Oh, I've never seen it. (laughs) It is about fighting robots, and it is awesome. (laughs) Oh, funny. Um, Did you go ahead and cast a gritty HBO reboot? Well, how about this? How about real... Duplo or Lego people being moved around by hands Mm -hmm. and voiced by funny people like John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, and just like little shorts. Okay. Doing like, but doing like adult stuff, like having adult conversations. I'd watch that. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. I like funny this people This is more being of funny. a funnier die type video than an HBO reboot, though, I think. Yeah. Well, I was really, as I mentioned, attracted to the competitive sibling aspect of spooky game. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see not really a reality show, but a show in which real people play fictionalized versions of themselves. So I want to see a show about John and Joan Cusack where they're just constantly competing with one another. I would love that. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. And like to the, like they ignore really commonsensical perils just because they're so obsessed with this competition in a similar way that Unikitty and Puppycorn did. That's good. Would it be just them have their own series or would it feature like different Uh, siblings you know I googled around and the vast majority of Hollywood siblings that I could think of and even the ones that I found with Google were like two guys or two girls and I really Mm -hmm. like the dynamic of having one of each so Mm -hmm. I could do a whole series with John and Joan or you know you could do like Tia and Tamara Maori fighting it out or (laughs) (laughs) any number of Hollywood siblings. Oh, I guess you could do Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal as well. Oh, that would be great. That would be a good brother-sister pairing. 
Totally. Plus, Jake Gyllenhaal does a really good desperation face. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you saw that movie where he was like a grasping news producer. Oh, what was it called? Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I did see that. <laughs> um, oh, I don't remember what it was called, but he played like a cutthroat news producer who would like do anything to get the story so he was constantly giving this like kind of wide-eyed terrifyingly manic face and I think that face would be well suited to a show like this (laughs) remember when um like 30 year old Jake Gyllenhaal played like a 18 year old boy in Day After Tomorrow (laughs) he was supposed to be like a teenager wait wasn't he actually young no, he was so much older really? in real life than his character. Yeah. Are you sure? Because that was a long time ago. Wow. Now I have to look this up. <laughs> Maybe he was like 25. He was definitely like a full grown man playing like a boy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but he has kind of that boyish look about him, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so besides... Um, Ren and Stimpy, do you think we had it better when we were kids? I don't know. And we've talked about this a lot, but I don't know that we had too much content that was operating on multiple levels. I don't think no. we had a lot that was also there for the grown-ups in the room. It's nice to be seen. So maybe mm-hmm. the content that is just for kids and not for grown-ups is fine. Mm-hmm. But... uh in this sense, no. I don't I don't think we necessarily had it better when we were kids. What do you think? Same. I think this is better than what was on when we were kids. We are living in peak TV, so there are lots of options, right. even for kids. Even for grown-ups who want to watch, sit down and watch kids' shows. Which, speaking of which, we should say that Unikitty episodes are only 11 minutes long, which I was so grateful for because of the very intense visual style. I don't know if you wish they were a half an hour. No, I love a show that's like f- 15 minutes. And, yeah. some... and this, if you didn't, if you skipped the commercials at the end, it was shorter than that. Yeah. And sometimes when we watch shows that are only 11 minutes long, I think, oh, these probably originally aired in half an hour programming blocks. Maybe we should be watching double the number, but this is an instance in which I was really glad that I didn't, I didn't make us watch six instead of three. (laughs) So you maybe just answered this, but would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No, no. And I don't even know that I would want to watch it with Jay. Okay. Mm. I would definitely watch it with my kids. Yeah. I don't think I would watch it alone voluntarily, but it's definitely something I could sit down and enjoy with some of my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Should we uh, segue into whether or not this is good for our kids? Why only some of your kids? Uh, well, I just don't, my boys aren't into watching like a real show right now, but Libby still will watch shows. Okay. Um, and I thought about this when we, when we were, when I was watching the Brawlbot episode and it is not exactly good for kids. No. It's, um, Unikitty is kind of a horrible creature. She's really irresponsible as we saw in Pet Pet, um. 
duplicitous. Like she was trying to pull one over on Richard, the parental figure in that episode. Um, Brawlbot was really super violent. So no, I don't think it's great for kids, but it's better than other things. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's, it's maybe good from an entertainment perspective, but not as far as like a behavior modeling perspective. Yeah. Unikitty is supposed to be governing a kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Who put Unikitty in charge? Oh, gosh, I hope Richard is doing most of the heavy lifting. I hope he has, like, a real regency. Maybe she's, like, the British crown, like, just a figurehead, and there's a parliament actually, like, enacting laws. What must the rest of the world think, though, if Unikitty is, like, the figurehead for this whole country? tree they must be a laughing stock katie <laughs> donald trump is our president oh wow yeah yeah okay i see it now yeah <laughs> and on that note ratings <laughs> i would give it a four i i enjoyed it uh i have to go 2.5 just the visually alone i i couldn't get past it Thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And that's where you can see posts about what we're covering in our next episode, what we're watching, and what we are reading. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at myscreentime2. Email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. And our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children. And our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screen time. Screen time. Screen time. Screen time.